0: Hello, and welcome to the Legendarium Green Team, where patrons come together to talk about the books and topics the main crew haven't gotten around to yet. I'm Little Red Book, and today I have with me our lady producer extraordinaire, Befuddled Panda.
1: Hey, it's me.
0: And we have two very special return guests. Welcome to the lady who's going to do all our cosplay costumes, Stephanie. Hello. And welcome to the lady who is going to bring all the cookies, Megan
2: what's up <laughs> that was embarrassing let's pretend i didn't do that
0: just now no don't edit that <laughs> out it stays in. Don't <laughs> <damn> it <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about how women are pre- <laughs> oh dear we're, we're already on. off
3: to a good start <laughs> <laughs>
0: great we're doing we're doing great i feel sorry for panda um we're we're going to talk about how women are presented in sci-fi and fantasy fiction you may miss something that you consider vitally important, but before you get all upset, this is not a do- doctoral thesis. This is four ladies getting together to talk about how female characters are presented in our favorite genre. So let's start on a positive note, because I'm sure we're going to have some negative notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of your favorite female characters?
1: Who wants to go first?
0: I have a whole Me. list. I'll go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I Meg.
2: Yeah, can go first. Um, so the very first one that I thought of when I saw that question was Polgara from the Bulgariad. Um, mm-hmm. I love her because she knows who she is and she doesn't ever apologize for it. She is really strong and she doesn't take, take crap from the guys, which earns her a lot of respect from them, which is really nice. She also just gets to have a lot of freedom in those books. Uh, kind of going off and doing her own thing. But she is super capable. Like, she can cook, she can clean, she can do all the domestic things, but she can also fight and she can just hold her own with everyone, which I think is fantastic. Um, And the other one that I want to bring up, I personally think is also a very strong character. Others would probably disagree with me, but I just want to bring up Cinderella. I know she mm-hmm. is, everybody has their own version of every retelling of Cinderella because this story has been around for hundreds of years, but um, I personally just really appreciate that Cinderella does the best that she can in the situation that she is put in. She works really hard. She takes care of you know people who don't treat her well, but she doesn't really let it get to her. Um, she continues to be kind. She continues to work hard. She continues to hope and to dream for something better because she knows what it's like to be loved, and so she hopes for that in the future. And then. Um, it's really only when she has done absolutely everything that she can and is not able to move any further that a fairy godmother or mm-hmm. if it's the Egyptian version, a hippopotamus has to come and save her. <laughs> <laughs> I've not
0: read that um, version.
2: Me neither. Uh, the Egyptian Cinderella. It's I think it's a it's a fairy like I don't know if it's actually Egyptian or like an Egyptian version, but there's a, a children's book of it and it's kind of adorable. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I just think Cinderella is fantastic.
1: I I do really like Cinderella and I have quite a few Cinderella retellings that I enjoy. So like one of my characters mm-hmm. is Ella from Ella Enchanted. That yes. book uh, I read when I was a little girl and it has stuck with me ever since. Like she saves herself, she saves the prince. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also for me, very relatable in how like the curse really restricts what she can do. She has to obey. And I had a very strict, sheltered upbringing. So I really, really related to her. Um, I'm much better now. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But also, like, the whole thing about uh, uh, Cinderella is, like, it does show women helping women where the fairy godmother Mm -hmm. is helping her. So I really appreciated that. So what's going to be funny about this is that I think I've
0: done, I've mentioned every single one of these characters in at least one other podcast
1: well we but did do go. a whole we did a two-parter about right. female protagonists recommendations we we so did. go check those out if you want more but...
0: um, so I picked Rapunzel um, <gasps> she saves her prince while caring for her, he gets blinded and he's wandering in the forest and she saves him and she has twins when she does it and it's amazing <laughs> so yay her <laughs> um <laughs> I picked uh, Lucy from Narnia, um, um, Tiffany Aching from uh, the Discworld series, Ista from The Five Gods, and Devon. De- oh, no. It's a name I can't say. Oh, geez. Anyway, she's from uh, the Collegia Mag- Magica and L'Oreal from Old Kingdom are the women I picked. All of them have significant challenges that they have to overcome. A lot of them are put in... Uh, precarious situations shall we shall we say uh they also i don't even know how to finish that so just cut this okay, okay cut she thinks it's funny
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway steph
3: so i have to admit i kind of feel very ignorant uneducated in this whole concept i came in way late in life to the sci-fi fantasy genre and so just try to think about who I have read recently. Navani from the Stormlight Archives is probably one that I have loved the most, um, especially in the the more recent books as we've gotten more into her storyline of how strong that she's become and how relatable she is to me in my life now. As she's an older woman, as a mother, as someone later in her life trying to refind her purpose after spending her entire young adult life as the wife of a king and now she's like people just see me as this woman who doesn't isn't capable of anything and then the last stormlight book where she comes in and all of a sudden she has all of these inventions she's working and she's working with fabrials and she's working with all these people and she realizes that she is she's a smart capable woman and i loved how how her storyline is continuing to evolve and what she has given me as a reader to look forward to I don't have very many. I do not have a long list. Um, no, for the most fine. part, I really I can get into the negative side of things really
2: easily. <laughs> I mean, different oh. like novelizations of the Star Wars books, and I feel like Princess Leia is a mm. fantastic character. And you have like Hermione and Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter series. There, mm-hmm. there's some really good examples of like women that I would like. to I just to have be a hard like. time
3: deciding what. I guess and maybe this is a question for you guys. Okay. What what makes a a strong mm-hmm. woman? I feel like so often the women are categorized and this isn't just in sci-fi and fantasy. This is in like general media mm-hmm. across the board where there's only like two or three types of women and you're either going to be the brainiac not so attractive one, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of where like Hermione falls into especially early on in the series. You have like the sex goddess who is just she's going to use her body to get whatever she wants like I have a hard time going where where do I fit in how do I fit into this or you have like the tomboy who yep. is I don't know I don't know what what makes a good female role model when you have I feel like I can look at these men characters and you always have these strong men characters but women are like shoved into these little niches
0: of what
3: a woman is expected to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And this kind of plays into no, this kind of plays into hearing fans question about different female archetypes. So we'll just mention that here. We got you here on we're going to talk about this now. <laughs> um, so I kind of agree with you. I have issues with um, women as action stars. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't I the fact is that most women don't have the upper body strength to p- punch a guy in the face in the face. And it's like, oh, we just don't. It's I mean, there's sure there are some, like uh, at least not
3: to do any damage. I'm sure I could punch someone in the face, but it
0: might hurt me more than it hurts them.
1: Um, (laughs) I
0: think, um, but it's also
1: fiction. It's like sci-fi fantasy.
0: So no, that's true. I mean, Alien is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) So you know, and you have Ripley. Yeah, but um, I think that uh, strong women can be a lot of different things. Um, Mm -hmm. It means. I don't know if I'm a strong woman, um, but, you know, the woman who takes care of her children and holds the family together is just as strong as the warrior woman, I think, Mm
1: -hmm. because they're different.
0: Yeah, exactly. They take a different kind of strength. And one of the things I appreciate about Brandon Sanderson is that I think he writes women well. But I think Mm -hmm. that reading sci-fi fantasy written by women, you get a better um, arc a better mm-hmm. distribution of female characters.
2: I agree. I uh, was thinking about this question because you had kind of presented it as it, let's talk about feminism in science fiction and fantasy. And right. I was like, "Well, oh, what is feminism? Because it means like being a woman, like Stephanie says, it's not archetypal. Like we may be perceived that way. Like we may kind of be put in a box from the outside, but as individuals, we know what's important to us. And I feel like strong women are the ones who... Um, fight for what matters to them. So if for them, like what, like you said, it's meaningful them for them to stay home and take care of the kids and support her husband doing his job. And then, you know, or if this is a woman who wants to be a mom, but also wants to be able to work outside of the home, or you have um, these women who want to go and fight, like actually physically go fight and be a superhero in these stories. Like you just- these women who know who they are, and they're like, this is what I have to contribute. These are my skills. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen, regardless of what outside um, influences may say. Oh, no, no, no. You're in this box, actually. You're a tomboy because you want to go fight. It's like, well, sure, I have those skills, but also I look hot in a dress, so I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <yep. laughs> you know, like, let's what, not I mean, I can gal gadot that all day long. Like any, <laughs> I, I, I can be like I can be the sweet mom with my kids. Like you can do all of these things, and uh, like for well, me, that's what I think feminism is. Because I I hate it when people are like, "Well, feminism means that you're not a mom and you don't stay home." It's like, no, um, feminism means you support other women in what matters to them, but you get to know them and you find out what those things are.
0: So I just want to get back to the bear thing real quick, or the bear, okay. the mother thing real quick. So mothers. Are the kind caring per- people, okay. but they're also mama bears. You, yeah, yeah they. Def- they part of being a mom is going to bat for your
1: kids, like when they need it. So, anyway, mm-hmm. what do you think? What About do you think, that. Panda? I mean, I think you guys covered quite the spectrum. What it comes down to for me is like, does this female character feel actually real, or is it just really flat? And I think a lot of times when you read female characters, in, particularly in sci-fi and fantasy, is like, could they have just replaced that character with a male character? Is there anything about this character that actually is more female? Like the female, whether it's like way of thinking, the female challenges, issues, whatever, right? Um, and so if it's if it's, oh, well, this character could have been male, I feel like the author didn't do as much in terms of trying to craft an actual female character. Now, if they were intentionally trying to eliminate, like, sexism and whatever in their world, that's a different story. But, um, yeah, so that's one. And then the other part is, like, on the other side of the spectrum where they play overly into the stereotypes and making the females very vulnerable. I feel like in fantasy particularly, I see more of the, like, vulnerable female characters and then in sci-fi it's a lot more of the cold calculating and overly sexualized um, female characters which I mean kind of makes sense because if you look at who's writing historically (laughs) uh, yeah Uh, so
0: I will say something for the femme fatale like there are women who really are like that that Mm -hmm. use their sexuality as a weapon um so as long as it is it it's done in a thoughtful way. I it doesn't bother me, but so, I agree.
3: I I'm going to give an example of of a writer who I really do actually enjoy their writing, but I was really disappointed in how he wrote women. Oh, I was brought onto the podcast in general as a a, a regular, I think on Brent Weeks' Night Angel mm-hmm. series. That was my first like this no, you're going to be a regular panelist now. I had done other episodes before then, but because after listening to the podcast several times and I'm listening to these four men talk about women characters, I'm like, <laughs> um, i Ryan. Ryan, we we need to get some women on this podcast because you guys, you're not talking about the women and how the women are portrayed in this. You're talking about from a man's point of view of how the, you feel these women should be portrayed. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to the Night Angel series. I can't tell you how many times breasts are mm. referred to in this series. It is ridiculous. And it's anytime any of the women are on, like, she folded her arms under her breasts. I'm like, I'm sorry, mm. where else am I supposed to fold my arms? Like, that's where arms <laughs> my my go. Like, <laughs> I just tried really it to... It doesn't to. But you don't need, I don't need that description word. You didn't really need to put that one word mm-hmm. in there because where else are my arms going to be folded other than under my breasts because I am a woman with breasts. Like and mm-hmm. it your really
0: arms don't go on top of <laughs> your
3: breasts. It's like this is... now I have all of our listeners sitting there trying to fold their <laughs> arms. <laughs> where you know, the panelists trying to do my it too arms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like awkward over. But Unless you're he... really cold, I guess, and then you do it, but that's different. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> but Brent Weeks, as much as I do, I have I've have met him, I have talked with him, like, I really do enjoy his writing, especially as he's written more and more. I think he's becoming a better writer. But that first series that he wrote, I really feel like he did a disservice to the women in these books because they were so overly sexualized. And I was like, this is just a very shallow version of of women. We're mm-hmm. more than just, of course, there are a whole lot of prostitutes in this series, like... It makes sense that these women are using their, their sexual, like use it because they're prostitutes, sex cells. It's kind of their job. I can understand where he was coming from with these characters, but I, they just felt so shallow. And that's one reason why like, I was like, Ryan, you, you have to do more and you need to get a female voice talking about women because female women are going to read women differently in Mm -hmm. literature. We're Mm -hmm. not going to see things the same way that these men do. And I just, the idea of listening to Todd, Ken, Ryan, and Craig talk about women in, in literature was kind of like, no, no, we need, we need something, <laughs> we need more, we need to do better.
2: And they're such good guys and they have wives and they have daughters and they have these conversations, but they're still coming from a male point of view. So right. it's, it's mm-hmm. nice to have women in those conversations too. Oh. I,
3: but I, I thought... think that's one thing that I had a hard time with. Like Brent Weeks was like, do, mm-hmm. do better because this is shallow. This yeah. is. Women are way deeper than that.
0: I thought Mama J, I think, isn't that the head of the gangs, the prostitute gangs or whatever? The leader
3: I, of the the brothel there. I don't know what her name was.
0: But thought she was a interesting character. Uh, and
3: she is a strong woman. It's just she, it, her story was very shallow to me.
0: Yeah, but she's also a prostitute. <laughs> like, that's how she came up in the world. Like, what is she going to use besides sex? Because that's her job. But anyway, I'm just... I take your point. I I totally do. And I it's, she's the only woman a female character I actually like in that story. Mm-hmm. Because all the rest of the f- ladies are not real to me. I, I think felt. there's
1: there's also something to acknowledge is that, you know, we do need to kind of take a look at the context and time of when certain stories were written and like the societal state, um what was acceptable, what was not, but what would be bad is as society has progressed, and yes, in in general, we have, um, like women today are much more privileged than, you know, women 50 years ago. And Mm -hmm. if the literature that is being produced today, that are supposed to reflect today's society, and aren't, they're still stuck in the past, that is a problem. And I think for me, you know, I I like a mix. Sometimes I want to read, you know, more medieval and like, you know, whatever Regency kind of stuff. And then sometimes I want to read more modern and progressive. And yeah.
0: So uh, what I will say is when a male author, especially when they're talking from inside a man's head, and maybe this is going to make me sound sexist. I just assume that he's looking at her boobs or her butt or whatever. Like I just... (laughs) So when if you're when
2: you're talking you, about the Dresden files you're
0: right. <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is is that I just assume that that's what a guy's doing because that's what they do. I remember having this friend <laughs> in high school and she's like I've been dating my boyfriend for 2 years and he still doesn't know what color my eyes were. <gasps> oh,
1: oh.
0: no. <laughs> and she was um well endowed, shall we say.
1: Mm.
0: And she I mean, she okay. meant it as a joke and it's not it wasn't true. Her boyfriend was a really nice guy, but she just was pointing out that mm. <laughs> And I so when a male author like Dresden, I've actually argued with this about this with a couple people on our discord. Like, I just assume that Dresden's looking at a girl's boobs, especially if she walks in dressed like some of the characters are dressed. It's just it doesn't Yay. bother me. <laughs> but I don't consider myself a feminist really either. So <laughs> I know that Steph- I That's part of the reason why I wanted to have Stephanie on, because we're probably we're probably going to disagree about some things. <laughs>
3: I, ha- I have a weird feminist stance, a very strange one, because I am a happy stay-at-home mom that works with my side jobs, and that's what I've always wanted to be. But at the same time, like I feel very strongly about how I'm perceived and how I'm looked at and mm-hmm. how other women are perceived and looked at, because right. I know that I have always been told by people that don't know me that I am a witch. No, no. Avoid okay. using. I think we we tried not to use curse words yes. on this episode. Oh. Wasn't that what I was asked not to do?
0: For a second, I was like, "They call you a witch? Aren't you a Mormon?" <laughs> but now I get it. Sorry, that's a conversation. Oh.
3: I, I was told that I could not curse.
0: Yes, that is correct.
3: So I'm not.
0: Oh, but I it's... am. By the way. And I was I am seen. you. <laughs> no, oh. no, 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 I no! Mean, I'm I am a a witch.
3: One, oh, I okay. see. <laughs> but so anyway, I don't know where I was really going with all that. I did have a comment I... back. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about what Panda was saying about the time periods that that books are written and what was happening in society. I think that that's important because so often, especially now, with how judgmental society's getting and everything that's happening, that I believe that we do need to remember that this is what was happening when this was written. This is what was acceptable. Mm -hmm. Does that mean it's acceptable now? No, but does that make it bad writing? That was one thing like with Brent Weeks that I can still say, I think Brent Weeks is a fantastic writer. I enjoyed the Night Angel series. I think they're terrible women. I, I read the Lightbringer series and I think Karis is a fantastic female character. She is strong. She is that... Battle ready woman who also becomes this fantastic leader. It, I think it's one of those things like do better. And Brent Weeks has, and that we've we're moving forward in society, and that there are better women are becoming better characters as authors are trying to do better instead of just having these these boxes that women have been put in for so long. They're breaking those boundaries, and I I appreciate that. I think it's fantastic.
2: I do too. I have really been enjoying um, stories about women who, like, yeah, I I grew up with fairy tales. I love my fairy tales. I have the green and fairy blue fairy tale books behind me. Like, I do too. Love it. They're so good. Oh, they They make me so happy. But most of those stories for the women end with, and they like they get married and they lived happily ever after, and like that's the end of their story because that was the goal that they were going towards. And nowadays, I've been like I thought that I'd get married at 22 and that didn't happen. And, you know, I continue to go on and on and on. And I'm more and more enjoying stories where the relationship, the end, the relationship is not the end goal. It may be part of it, Um, mm-hmm. but it's not, oh, I met a guy, I got married and that was it. And I was good to go. Like, I love the stories where they, they find somebody and they get married. Like Brandon Sanderson does this wonderfully where he writes these very fully fleshed out women and they may or may not get married at some point in the story but that's not the ending like there's more that they're supposed to do and more that they can do and the relationship may strengthen that but it's not the be-all and Mm end-all and I just feel like we just need more representation of those kind of things because we need I just feel like representation matters in all ways like we've been talking about this um in regards to race and stuff as a society Mm -hmm. the last couple of years especially which has been amazing but I think we also need this so that Girls can grow up and see other people like them, where, or like me, where, like, I just like these stories where I'm like, oh, this person is, you know, 35 and not married and doesn't have kids, but look at all that she accomplishes and all Mm -hmm. that she does. And I'm now trying to think of an example, and I can't because in most of the stories that I read, they get married by 26, and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah.
1: And it's like the whole spinster kind of thing, like, that is so outdated. Yeah.
0: But what I will say about the fairy tales. Since we were talking about the time period they were presented, like, it wasn't, oh, only, yeah. it wasn't only women that were expected to get married and have kids. Like, that was just... True. Everyone was expected to get married and have kids. That was
1: a thing, so... Yeah. <laughs> it was just more acceptable for an older man yes. to be single. It's true. Men were pushed to get married by
3: 35. Women were pushed to be married it, by 20.
0: Yes. Well, and, you know, I mean... Not something we would consider acceptable now but it was the norm
3: (laughs) i got married late at 25 so
0: Uh, i got married up in utah (laughs) right i was gonna say i got married early at 22 21 i was 21 when i got married (laughs) and now i'm divorced so there you go see life continues it does it does that's the end of your story (laughs) (laughs) and even
2: then like marriage is hard as i understand it
0: oh marriage (laughs) Um, is very hard but it's like.
2: I, I, oh, I like the conversation though about, I'm sorry that I interrupted. Um, I, I like the conversation about looking at the time period when these stories were created, but you also have to look at the kind of characters because in so many fantasy stories, it's about the Kings and the policymakers and like, you know, the people yeah. running the armies. And that would be very um male character fueled in a lot of ways. But I think we, I, I know that I forget a lot of times because in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, the women, like all they do is they're at home and they're in charge of the home stuff. But plenty of women worked really hard and it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily just home. Like if you weren't one of the rich people, you definitely had to work for a living. Like somebody else raised your kids and you had to go. Um, so yeah, there's there's always been a little bit of that.
0: Well, I That's remember I reading this chart that talked about like how many hours women used to spend just cooking a meal.
1: Oh mm. goodness.
0: like Like something like, <laughs>
1: This is me. like I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know do
0: Stephanie doesn't. I'm talking about like in a traditional mm-hmm. like medieval Cake setting, right? you're gonna spend yeah. like eight hours cooking a day like yep. it, 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 it was a job <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like being being a wife. and actually, I think that one of the nice things about um this is kind of off, off topic about the world we live in now is that I don't have to spend eight hours a day cooking, and I don't have to spend hours and hours cleaning or. I mean, laundry, you just yep. sort it and then you spend five minutes every hour on it as, as opposed to I need dragging. you to come
3: fold my laundry if that's how fast <laughs> you're getting through it. No, I'm
0: talking. I'm not, first of all, I don't do the laundry. The boys do the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my point, I'm just talking about you sort it, you put it in the washer and then you walk away. You aren't hauling a, yeah. a bucket into the yard and start soaking a fire and boiling the whites for three hours and <laughs> stirring it and trying to keep the toddler out of it falling into the fire, which was a thing that happened. (laughs) So So, anyway,
3: throwing, throwing this idea out, where does like, this is fantasy. This is science fiction. This is all what is not real life. Mm -hmm. Right. So why so often do we have to use our own lives? Like there are so many stories where you have Mm -hmm. men are the king or men are the leaders and men are doing this. And it's so Parallel to what reality actually is, if this is truly fantasy and this idea of anything can happen, I mean, dragons, trolls, who knows what else? Like, mm-hmm. why are we so often stuck parallel? Like, I, I think I have an answer, but you guys have, have maybe have a better answer. But, like, why do we have to continue parallel to reality what society is is doing? Why not? This is fantasy. Why can't we do whatever we want? Like let's be Amazons or something.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Just so I don't have to cut off my left breast. <laughs> That's what they did because I know, I know. That, that took
3: me a minute to process. I was like, why are we cutting off our breasts? But I forget archery is what a thing.
0: Amazons. Oh. They cut off their but left Amazon breast.
3: <laughs> I didn't know that. I had this conversation after I did my cosplay for Brigitte for uh, Jordan Con earlier. <laughs> she's this amazing. Shit, she's I love archer. her, by the way. I do, too. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. But, yeah, some I don't remember who made the comment while I was working on my cosplay about my archery, and someone commented about cutting off my breast, and I was like,
0: that's a thing?
3: <gasps> mm. And now, no, it is a thing. It was it, a thing. It,
0: I, if they were even real, that's just yeah, what I I don't think anyone
3: <laughs> is really... I don't know any Olympians that are like, yes, I had that
2: surgically removed so <laughs> I can get a gold medal. I don't know. But. I do hope that we are kind of moving into an age, especially since there are more female writers out there. Um, I think there was just a time where it was really hard for women to get published, especially telling women's stories because publishers would say, people don't want to read stories about a girl king. They don't want to read stories about X, Y, Z. Like These publishers were just kind of in this weird mindset Whereas nowadays, there is a lot more of an audience that are like, oh, we can literally double our readership if we write stuff for women, Um, especially if they're interesting women. Um, Because you'll have a story like, I I love Brandon Sanderson stuff, but he definitely has more women than men, or he has more men than women in his stories. But the women that he writes are fantastic women that you want to root for, for the most part. I'm trying to think of an example of one that I wouldn't want to root for, and I can't. So there you go. Winning Um, the job, Brandon Sanderson.
0: Well, the evil... (laughs) returned person
3: i think that's oh. purposely though that you don't know i know but for i'm for saying that. but
0: do you really want to root for her
2: Megan <laughs> uh, does but i understand her motivation
0: oh i do <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> poor I panda like the we gotta get off we gotta get off this because panda not red. any cause
1: as long as it's not spoilers then i'm good
0: okay well there's a a, a woman that you don't want to root for
1: okay <laughs> good point
0: good call um Oh geez. Okay, so where are we guys in this conversation?
2: All over the place.
0: <laughs> we are.
1: You well, we
2: literally can't pick a wrong topic at this point.
1: <laughs> I I can bring something up. So um I was reading I was, you know, just like trying to prepare for this episode and I was reading a Guardian article and it was written um, by no,
0: this this is by this... Be very angry. <laughs> Sorry? I said it's gonna be is it gonna be angry?
1: No. Okay. Why would it be angry?
0: I've read a couple Guardian articles on our genre that have been very angry. So Oh.
1: Well, <laughs> no, any... it's not it's not angry. Um so it's this woman who was asked to contribute to an anthology and it was the topic was like, you know, women inventing the future. So she was supposed to write this sci-fi short story. And she, you know, grew up reading sci-fi, but she's not like a professional writer. And she was like trying to write the story. And I'll just read an excerpt of her her article. She said, as I began writing my story, I collided with some deep biases about sci-fi. I had never realized that I had internalized the first concern my protagonist The heroine of my novel is out-of-average intelligence, clumsy, and without any discernible special talent other than putting her foot in it. But for a genre-specific, feminist flag-waving anthology, I automatically assumed I needed the opposite. One of those strong, naturally-gifted sci-fi heroines. You know, the type young, scowling, super-fit cyberpunks with a penchant for tight black leather and purple hair. (laughs)
0: this this is not this is so weird to me because so i've been reading sci-fi my whole life and and fantasy and i've never i i i just don't feel that way about there's so many fantastic female characters out there and that some of them were written in like lucy was written in the 1940s like she's a great character
1: she's specifically talking about sci-fi not
0: well that's true but i'm just saying that Anne McCaffrey has some great female characters and she was writing that's
1: fantasy, not science. No, it's
0: not. It's like, well, it's science fantasy. It depends on which trilogy you're reading in the series, but okay.
1: Yeah. And then she says, ever since I encountered Casey Pollard in Gibson's pattern recognition, I love those feisty damaged bad girls. But as I tried my hardest to write one, I wondered if that's exactly what they were. They weren't women. They were girls, emotionally stunted, evergreen teenagers. That realization prompted a more worrying one. In my youth, had I, extremely uncool, unrebellious, and unsexy, simply assumed I wasn't sassy and shouty enough to translate a literary passion for tech into a job? Is that why I wasn't now raking in the billions in a shortage co-working space? So... My heroine became 47, plain, pragmatic, and gay. And I think what she was really getting at is like, you know, the stuff that you're reading, what Megan was saying, representation really does matter. Because, you know, especially in your formative years, like you're just absorbing these things subconsciously. And then later on, it, it can actually impact like your view on your own capabilities and what is acceptable and not. And she closes um, her article with, The best science fiction has always been that which most powerfully disrupts our expectations. If adding more and more varied depictions of female life helps uncover new ideas in sci-fi, from hard to soft to the genre-skimming hybrids, that makes for better books. And the better the sci-fi, the more likely it is to dislodge old thinking, spark new ideas, reach new readers, and perhaps change the future, whether the giant alien warrior queens mention their periods or not. I think that really encapsulates like what we were trying to get at, is there isn't just that one or several, type, like handful of types of strong female characters. It's, yeah, sometimes you want to read about, you know, the grandmother who like had kids, lots of kids when she was young, but she's still like the pillar for the family. Or you want to read about a young teen girl trying to figure out who she is and taking, you know, her career or passion um, in her own hands. Yeah.
0: So I would recommend to the author the Vokorsican series by Lois McMaster-Bajold because the main character is, in fact, a middle-aged divorcee who's super smart in the first book. And that's not a new book either. And I, I don't know. I... Well, so, you don't know what she has and hasn't read. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying, I would say, read this book. Because this, this is the type of character that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know what I mean? She's a very yeah, deep but that, character. I think
1: the thing is, like, that is one example. Whereas it should be, there should be much more. I agree. I shouldn't be the better. exception.
0: I agree. And I would also, she doesn't read sci-fi, or she doesn't read fantasy, but I mean, Terry Pratchett's witches, witches books are just fantastic women.
1: I didn't like the first one. <laughs>
0: that's fine you can not like it you can be wrong i'll let you (laughs) panda
2: i had a conversation with one of my girlfriends recently though who talked about how she didn't really care for science fiction um and i forget exactly why and now i'm bummed because she was oh it was i was i was telling her that i was reading the golden compass and um and now i'm not even sure if that's science fiction no it's not
1: that's borderline a little bit
2: Okay, maybe she was saying she doesn't like fantasy. And I was just like, but why? Fantasy is the best one. Um, (laughs) And she was just saying that like, she just kind of had fantasy pigeonholed as this one thing where it was Mm -hmm. knights and dragons and blah, blah, blah. And that just didn't grab her. But she said she read um, the Golden Compass and was like, oh, if more fantasy were like this, and she's actually been able to go and find a lot of things that she's really liked. But you kind of do have to go and look for that. And it, it does seem like fantasy for a long time was just kind of, one thing, and science fiction was just one thing, and now mm. it's really branching out. And you do have to do a little bit more work to figure out what it is that you like. I have to like. I have a really eclectic taste, and I apparently like everything. But people will ask me, you know, well, what do you like to read? And I'm just like
0: oh, just,
2: all the ah, things. I, I don't know how to answer that question. I like, <laughs> I like, I, well, I like some science fiction. I like most fantasy. I like some historical fiction. I You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: go back to the classics. I, I, you got to look for those, but it's, it's hard as a, as a young person, not having those. And I, my, one of my nieces, both, I have two nieces who are 12 and they both love to read. And one of them is hugely into fantasy and she's recently discovered um, the Lunar Chronicles, which is mm, one mm-hmm. of my favorites. And one of the, and I personally, it's probably more like science fantasy, but the science does kind of drive it. I mean, Cinderella is literally a cyborg that kind of matters in the story. Yeah. Um, but I, You know, that was one where she's 12 and her mom said, I've never read them. Is that something she should be reading? I'm like, oh, they get really dark. So maybe she should read a year or two. But I'm so excited for them, for her to read them because it's the story, you know, they they have Cinderella and Little Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel and Snow White, but they are all different characters and they're different races and they like have different strengths and different things. And I just love that they're like, that there's that opportunity to look at all these people and go oh i'm kind of shy and i'm sort of introverted but i'm pretty good at like computers like it's just that is kind of an opportunity for her to be able to see herself i think in some i know who i would think she is in those stories but i'm curious to talk to her about it in a year or two when she does read them
0: so Um, i do want to recommend something for your nieces and that is uh dealing with dragons by patricia reed um i think the Enchanted. Forest. Enchanted
1: Forest Chronicles.
0: Yeah, is the name of the series. And they're very funny. And it's a princess who runs away from home and moves in with the dragons because she
1: can't stand her family. <laughs> and she does not want to be saved by the white knights. All the knights keep showing up, and she's like, no, go away.
3: <laughs> Where was this when I was little? So I right? I like oh, I didn't know anyone reading science, like fantasy and science fiction when I was little. <laughs> Yeah, Because that was the type of person I was.
0: <laughs> I did not know anybody. I didn't have a large community of people to talk to about these type of books until I joined the Discord. I I was basically the only person that I knew that read extensively in the genre, you know? So anyway, yeah. that's kind of off topic.
2: So, it's so great, though, when you find those people that you can't talk about
0: mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, no, thank you. I'm just um, kidding. No, no thank seriously, seriously.
2: Get <laughs> all the credit. You're welcome, Craig. It's my no, when I came in, that it really. You... Off? They like us more. It's okay,
1: Megan. We all know you that on they twice now. For us. Yeah,
0: you guys it's are the true. first, no, second repeat guests. Our first was <gasps> Steven Erickson. Uh,
3: oh, this yeah, is my not third from the time. Thank you very much.
0: Oh yes, not from the legendarium Todd was very <laughs> sad to hear he was fourth. Ryan's going to be fifth. it's very heartbreaking for everyone. So let's get angry. And what are some of the most upsetting betrayals of women and why? I know that Megan a little bit. Did we talk about it? Did we talk about rape? I talked
3: about Brent Weeks and Oh breasts. yeah.
0: Okay. So maybe we can cut this. I don't know. I was know.
2: very disappointed in that.
0: Princess yeah, of Mars.
2: I, mean, I feel like I get pretty ranty. I know that was literally the first one. I was just like, ugh, princess of Mars. I will say there are two women well, females. Cause one of them is an alien. So I don't know if she's a woman. Um, she's
3: is she really female then? Like, do we know? No, I don't know.
2: Are they? Technically they were all aliens. They were all Martians. I I'm thinking about this too much, but the girl <laughs> with John Carter of Mars. Was a very flat character. Um, but the other one was kind of a decent one. But it was like, uh, and it's funny to me that having that conversation with um, Ken and Todd, like Todd literally looked at me. He's like, so Megan, what did you think of the wedding? Because he knew that I would hate it because they were literally chained together in this during. Oh, my, oh my goodness. And I'm just like, for, I mean, first of all, they're naked the whole time in the whole story. Like, it's just all of the stuff. Where Isn't just, everybody naked, though, the whole time? everybody's naked the whole time. There is no clothing in this scenario, but it's, it's just distracting when all of a sudden you're thinking about it and they're in this wedding and they're chained to it and they're all naked. This is all, it just gets more disturbing as it goes. Um, But I, I you know, and you want to look at it from the time period that it was written in, it was written in like 1918. So men at that time wouldn't have, I guess the men reading these stories, I don't know. Some of them would have known a woman and talk to them, I would hope. <laughs> I know that there's a
0: personality. Well, presu- presumably they had mothers. <laughs> so they well, at least I need their mothers. They
2: A woman at <laughs> some point. Part um, of the century, <laughs> just
3: we just I took mean? our men and stuck them in closets. So no, I have a question. Over, like.
0: <laughs> I do have a question. Are the okay. male characters as flat as the female characters? Because some of that stuff, uh, some of those- bad authors. Yeah, in a lot vibrating. of ways, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they are. Like-
2: um, yeah, the only one that's really fleshed out is John Carter. And even then it's like, eh, do I even like this guy? Oh, no, I discussed at length how I did not even like John <laughs> Carter. Did. So there's
0: mm-hmm. that. I really just <laughs> hated did. the book. Um, yeah, but, but part of like that, there's this genre of pulp fiction from that time period where like basically none of the characters were actually characters.
1: They were just. Yeah. yeah. So... Or not real. Like they're just. Yeah. They're just characters, but not real. Right.
2: And I don't and... want to say a whole lot about this because the movie Dune just came out, and I read the books Dune, and I really liked the first book. And the second book, I liked okay, but there's the character of um, Jessica. I don't want to spoil things. No, Jessica's fantastic. The character character of Chani, Chaney, Chani, who's played by Zendaya yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Like everybody's upset because they saw the first movie and she's only in it for like five minutes. And I'm like, oh, but sorry. she's only in if the you first read the part book, of the you would have <laughs> known. But she comes, she comes in later. But she really doesn't have a lot to do in the book, is the thing. And so I'm very curious to see what they do in the movies. Because I'm Mm. like, they cast this fantastic actress that I really liked. Please don't waste that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, in the book, but yeah, in the books, like they have Jessica and they have Aaliyah and they, Aaliyah will come in later. And they're great. Like, they're so interesting and they're well-rounded and they're fantastic. But I just, I come to Chani and I'm just like, ah, what? you were so
0: oh, I agree. important
2: in Paul's mind, but you're not really that important in this story.
0: And that yep, I I agree with that. Mm, 100%. Right. Um, and I've read all the main six. Okay. And I think I'm I so even finished. It just gets weird. Like, <laughs> you really wonder if he needed some counseling. But Probably. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about authors, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <You're> speaking <laughs> outside just... the box, they're really cool concepts.
0: There's a lot of...
1: Okay. I mean, I could use counseling truthfully. So I've been in counseling three or
0: four different times. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: That's what the legendary is for.
0: No, I, I was going to say that um, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember which I, I had an idea when I wrote this question about a female character that may be like actively angry. And now I can't remember. Oh my God. Never mind. Forget it. Let's move on to some uh, listener questions. We've already covered a couple. So Kipton wants to know. The top five most personally influential from you each. I think he means female characters or female authors. I'm not sure. What do you think, Panda?
1: Um, I just lumped it with Merlia's question of favorite female SFF authors. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's do authors. I've already I mean, mentioned. There are, there are the usual suspects, at least for yeah. you and for me.
0: Yeah. I, it's not going to be hard. Madeline yeah. Lingle. Uh, Lois McMaster-Bajold, Mercedes Lackey, and Ursula Le Guin would be four, right? You can list however
1: many you would like.
0: (laughs) Also, uh, Tamara Pierce. Who have also matched, Tamara Pierce, yes.
1: Yeah, I'll add Gail Carriger, Shauna McGuire. Um, I will read, I will try to read everything Shauna McGuire has written in all her different, under her different pseudonyms. She has so many. Martha Wells, Katherine Addison. Yeah. I'm just going to admit I'm significantly underread and I yeah. do not have an answer okay. to this question. So now you can take all the authors that we listed and you and can add the art and <laughs> I mean,
2: find out. So, is Gail Carriger did she write um Soulless and Changeless and Yes. Time-less? I'm reading those right now and I'm loving them.
1: <gasps> yes. I, so I put so Yeah, Alexia Terabody is one of the characters that I put as My favorite female lead. She's so sassy, independent, and but like also romantic and can be vulnerable. She's just like very well rounded.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I adore her. I I will say
0: this is not in genre, but Jane Austen is one of my favorite authors. And I have to just give a shout out to her because she was writing books when that wasn't a thing. that women did
2: yeah that's the thing you're like my five favorite female authors like does it have to be science fiction fantasy because I want to go back to Jane Austen and like Lucy Maud Montgomery and Mm. um I'm gonna throw in JK Rowling I know she's a controversial author right now but the Harry Potter books meant a lot to me um I really like MMK who wrote The Ordinary Princess who I continue Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. just think Mm -hmm. everybody needs to read at some point
1: I did read Um, it on your recommendation and I loved it did you like it's so.
2: Yeah.
0: And I have not yet gotten around to it because I have been reading many, many books for the podcast, but I will. Understandable. George Elliott mm-hmm. is actually a great author too. Um, oh yeah. She's wonderful. And yes. And
2: I love the, George, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, and yes, George Elliott is a female author. <laughs> she yeah. wrote Middle March.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've i always been a big fan of um, Baroness Orixie who wrote The Scarlet Pimpernel. Series, apparently, it's a series. Oh, I've only ever really? read the first one, but apparently I don't are... know.
0: I didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, I will give think. a shout out to Mary Shelley. I hate Frankenstein, and Craig will <laughs> have to yell at me about that, but I hate Frankenstein so much. Yeah. But she was very influential at least. so just name some female authors, Stephanie, that you like, even if they're not in genre. Uh...
3: <laughs>
1: or there do we already a... name? <laughs> there is a listener question from Chesky. Why don't you any like Regency novels? <laughs> why uh... not?
3: <laughs> I am absolutely a romantic at heart. And I, I think romance and the this is another reason why I'm one of those like weird stance feminists, because I love the idea of a gentleman acting like a gentleman. And that's what the the books that I read and I think Jane Austen definitely fits into that. I think there are really some poor examples of Regency novels, Mm -hmm. especially once you get into the legit, like, romance (laughs) genre, like, Like goddesses, sex scenes kind of stuff. Like, I do not read that kind of Regency books. I love the idea of a gentleman acting like a gentleman and a woman acting like the proper female and the romance that happens. Between them in a time period where romance was not a priority. Mm. Most people of that society would have married for money, would have married for status, and romance was very, very little in the cards for them. That was, I mean, they even had to the point where they had it was a a love match. They had a name Mm. for it because it was so rare. Like it never happened. And that's the reason I just, I love the romance behind the Regency books. And that's really cause I just think it's sweet. Oh
0: yeah, it's so the sweet. nice thing about <laughs> Regency romance is it's it's right at the intersection of where romantic love and societal status, which was more important. Um, it was like mm-hmm. a shifting of the standards and that's what that whole genre explores.
3: Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about romance, like regency's stuff when it comes to women, is that it's always the women are going to be giving up their status and their money mm. to marry a man below them. Or the women are benefiting from, from the, the status, status of and their the money yeah. by marrying a man above them, which is obviously very true for the, the time period. And you can't just change the rules because this is not fantasy, which we can do, I guess. <laughs> but
0: Weird I if would. you read one of those books and that wasn't the case. Like, that's the whole Point of the genre. Think those
3: spinster women that are like somehow got money from somewhere because they were and they like live their life the way they want to because they're single, and they're, their husband's dead, or whatever the reason. And they're like, Yay, I'm free and I'm fantastic. And
0: uh, what do you think about great expectations? Where like literally one of the main characters, Mrs. Havendash, is the old spinster who does whatever she wants with her money
3: <laughs> that was written. I had money one day, that would be me.
0: <sighs> you want to be mrs havendash <laughs> just kidding there's so
3: many other people i'd be other than i actually it's been a very long time havendash,
0: sorry since yeah. i have
3: read great expectations
2: very long time i've even i don't know if i've read that one
1: oh, It was like a high school reading book oh wow so like how stephanie how you feel about the regency novels is how i feel about hallmark And lifetime like romance especially (laughs) christmas romance movies and like i i consider myself pretty feminist um but it there are those things like i do like the romance i do like it when the men are not assholes and you know they actually treat (laughs) people with respect and are considerate i have been watching a lot of <laughs> Christmas movies First recently. Have. So, uh, oh, I, have, also, I have
3: plowed through my Hallmark movies that I have recorded and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. I don't know what I'm gonna oh do. No. Oh no! Oh <laughs> yeah. no!
1: Um The, the Good Witch. The Good Witch, which is, you know, yeah. sci fantasy-esque. Um yeah. I love that show it is so addicting the drama is so wholesome and they do cliffhangers so well anyway i just had to say that (laughs) i just i just caught up on netflix this week on the good oh really oh i'm on season seven i'm not quite caught up (laughs) good Um, i have
0: not watched any of this
1: that these
2: genres that like regency romance and hallmark movies and these and like the bodice ripper whatever that these are so looked down upon when right. it's like, but they're so popular and they're so loved. Why are we making fun of other people for the things that they love? Like, let's be supportive and be like, oh, you read all of the Bridgerton books? Did you enjoy them? That's great. I don't know what to talk with about that, but sure. Fine. I read all the Bridgerton books. Me. Mandy. I have not I read the them.
0: books. I have I not read the, the books series. and I have not watched the series. I've only read the first book.
1: Have you? laid are the musical?
0: I have not listened to the oh, musical, Panda. Stop trying no to push musical. this musical onto me.
3: <laughs> How did I not know this? The I music will send is you the link.
2: No, no. Send it to not them. you.
3: <laughs> me. I will send it
2: to But again, like if publishers are saying, well, we can't do stories about women. We can't do stories with women as main characters. Like, oh, I don't know. It's science I fiction think... where this character is kind of nerdy. But they Romance know like more... there's going to be an audience for it. Yeah, And I feel like we should let those people read those
1: things. I think part of it is the the perception of the genre, though, rather than the, the lead. So, like, they do see, you know, more males buying science fiction and fantasy, but that is changing. Like, that has changed a lot over the past, you know, 20, 30 years.
2: Oh yeah, A Court of Thorns and Roses has gone mm-hmm. stra- like it's in the stratosphere. People are obsessed with these books, <laughs> and I'm reading them, and they are very good. So I support that. But it's like you have things like this where it's kind of under the table. Where somebody introduced me to these books, and she said, "Oh yeah, they're blowing up on TikTok," and I looked, and I'm like, "Oh, these yeah. really people
0: really love these." It's also um, very have, in their question. YA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Stephanie.
3: Sorry, I don't want to like Panda. You can finish if. No, go ahead.
0: Panda's go ahead. fine. Well, She'll just I cut have... it out
3: another question okay mm-hmm. are we as women overly critical of women of these women that we're reading about like because we are complex women do we want are we asking too much for some of these authors to have <laughs> these like overly complex characters is part of what i enjoy about reading is being taken out of of my life out of Uh reality and being taken and told this story and sometimes obviously you you need characters that fit nicely into a box are supposed to fit into a box that's supposed to be the type of character they are obviously we don't want all of our characters to be that way because then i think it's just bad writing and it's not like Uh that's on the author but i'm sitting here and i'm thinking like okay am i being because i'm a woman and i am i asking too much of these other women (laughs) In these books that I'm reading, and not necessarily just from female authors, but like I'm thinking about, yeah, like I know Megan and I have talked several times about Vin in the Mistborn series and how fantastic mm-hmm. she is. She's also very young. She's trying to like, she's obviously flawed in her own ways, but I, I don't know. Am, am I just wanting too much from these female characters that I can look up to? Hmm.
0: I don't know. I- I think this is kind of what I was getting at uh, when I said something about how in Princess of Mars aren't all the characters just flat cookie cutters? Yeah. Like I really do think there's a place for that um, for that type of book because sometimes I just want to read something that turns off my brain, and I am perfectly fine with a bunch of flat, ridiculous characters that make no sense. Like the the book that we did, Stephanie. Like those characters were not complicated.
3: <laughs> I knew the well, shades gonna... of milk and honey. Yeah, they're not.
0: <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It... But the characters are all flattened out. I knew exactly who she was going to end up from the moment the person stepped onto the stage. It was so obvious. And, but you know what? And it's actually the same with um, Dragon's Dawn. There's a lot of that stuff. It's not as pronounced, but
1: yeah, I mean, you know, not every book has to be. I think it's about options, like, it's about right. having variety. So if the majority of the books, like if you have to dig and dig and dig in order to find a female character that is more complex and more well-rounded, then I think that's a problem. But it's not to say like all the books that I read have to have these really complex female characters and be super well-written. It's just about being able to have those options. Yes. Yeah,
2: if they're they're throwing in a token female character just for the sake of having one, but like all of the guys are really complex and interesting and fun. And then you have like this random, and then there's this girl and they just kind of skip over it. That irks me. But if you'll have something like, say, the Lord of the Rings, I remember Craig and I talking about the appendices and how the Arwen and uh, Aragorn story is based, it's not in the books, it's in the appendices. So you kind of have this extra story of, this is what happens. And for the movies, Peter Jackson decided to put the Arwen story into the film, into the narrative. Um, And Craig asked me if that bothered me. And I was like, well, no, because basically what Arwen does is she waits at home for this man to like hopefully save the world and she like makes a banner. Like that's not the most interesting storytelling. um, But knowing about that, like the way that they... Integrated it into the movie, made it awesome. And it's like, I really enjoy their story in the appendices too. But also, that does kind of become this lovely bonus where I don't necessarily miss it because I I still have um, Galadriel and I have like other female characters who I feel like are interesting people. And again, like it's a story mostly populated by male characters. But when you get the women, they're interesting and they're fleshed out and they matter. And I, I think it's more important for the characters to matter than for them to be like fourth dimensional, three dimensional. Ain't dimensional. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know that
3: we've talked, and there's been several jokes about the podcast doing the Twilight series. Oh, <laughs> oh no, please. Several <laughs> jokes about it. And I just don't
2: dislike
3: them. We've talked about Bella as a character and about a female character, and whether, I mean, when you think about teenagers and when these books uh-huh. all came out, and we were comparing her so much to Hermione. In Mm. the Harry Potter books and obviously when you're a teenage girl and you're you're very vulnerable and you're very impressionable reading about other teenage girls and how psychotic this teenage girl was and how obsessive she was about these two boys probably not the best role model for a teenager but as I've been like as got as I've gotten older I'm sitting here going oh my gosh that would have been me that was me that was like it's a well-written teenage girl
0: yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. 100%
3: We don't really want to be like no one wants to think of themselves as that type of teenage girl. But she's a very well-written, dramatic teenage girl. (laughs) And I know Stephanie Myers. Sorry, what?
0: I was going to say what bothers me about Twilight is not Bella. It's Edward. Me too.
2: No, I don't like Bella either. (laughs) I mean,
0: I don't like No, what I'm saying as far as like, you're right. She's a very well-written, that's how teenage girls think. Edward is a freaking creep. He's like a hundred years old.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like, so it's just like, I guess thinking about that kind of moment, like, am I asking, are we asking too much? Do we want, like, do we expect more. Do we need, do we need more? Do I need, I need her to be a better role model. Do all of these women need to be better role models. You either have this fan. Do you have to be a fantastic role model or a very clear example of not a fantastic role model. Like, <laughs> does That's it have to be either
1: or? I think it's a balance. Like, the the thing with Bella is that it is a bit of, a, it's a cyclical thing where, yes, it's a representation of, you know, a lot of teenage angst and what it's like to be a teenage girl. But at the same time, it reinforces what is expected of teenage girls as well so it's a it's a bit of a delicate balance between like well twilight is very popular for very valid reasons like people Mm -hmm. related to the romance people really enjoy the fantasy and vampiric elements and stuff um but at the same time it's also reinforcing like societal expectations and so if twilight were the only like influence for teenage girls that would be a major problem what i would like and what we do have is more variety you know we've got katniss from hunger games we've got you know however you feel about the divergent series whatever like there are just as long as that's not the only um
0: issues yeah. with katniss too though
1: yeah and like a lot of, but that's the thing it's like all these female characters i don't expect them to be perfect Like they are going to be flawed because the person writing them is is flawed too. They're only human, but it's just about perfect.
0: Yeah, right. Well, no, I'm not saying I have a problem with um them being characters. I'm just saying that there's issues with their characters, and it's I'm agreeing with you kind of. Yeah, mostly. But it's also
1: I think it's up to the reader, like how much critical perspective they want to bring to what they're reading like if you really just want fast page turner right you know popcorn kind of thing totally fine i love that i need that i can't always be reading dense heavy like (laughs) What? sorry you don't Um, want to read that only that i thought you were no (laughs) i do not i i need my contemporary romances
3: (laughs) do we treat the male characters the same way? That's a
0: good question. Huh. The way we, do you mean how we criticize the male characters or? I
3: feel like, like, obviously I, we have, I don't know. It feels like there is always one girl and two boys. Like I remember there was this huge conversation about Hermione and Hermione shouldn't have ended up with Ron. She should have ended up with Harry and it would have Mm -hmm. been a better story and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I like Hermione and Ron. And I think there's nothing like, why is Ron? Why, why not Ron? Like, and then yeah. like twilight there's edward and there's jacob, jacob. <laughs> i don't even. <laughs> we, oh, we all had to think
0: about it for a minute
2: <laughs> i hundred percent have a team jacob t-shirt
0: oh <laughs> i i don't way. have the it's t-shirt always... but i should get it because yeah. jacob is normal <laughs> oh but <laughs> then he prints on the baby oh and then it's all weird again oh <laughs> ah! it all okay, gets very sorry strange. i brought
3: up twilight i did not What can you, you say yeah. <laughs> um these boys are flawed i mean and these are all these teenage boys that we're talking about they're flawed but i don't feel like i like we would be sitting down and having the same kind of conversation about these male characters because i don't know maybe we expect them to be flawed and we expect the women to be perfect i don't know but i think that I think I mean, maybe like... i'm just overthinking this completely
1: no i I, <laughs> I think that's a totally valid question and i think one kind of snarky way to answer your question is what do Craig and Ryan and Todd and Ken think about the male representations in sci-fi and fantasy? And do they find, you know, bring a more critical eye? I We're would gonna say- gonna sit
3: me and Ken down and me and Ken are gonna yes. have a conversation. Yes, that would be amazing. Oh so my gosh. and then me and Ken are never speaking ever again, <laughs> because it would ruin our friendship.
2: Oh, oh, I want that to happen so much not the ruined friendship part no but i want you guys to like watch the shadow and bone series on netflix or you could read the books because i think that you act you both would actually really enjoy the books um and then i want you to talk about them with those perspectives in mind
3: anyone that wants to know how me and ken usually converse go listen to our expanse series where me and Mm -hmm. ken had to talk about relationships because it was painful on so many levels (laughs) or todd that had to Mitigate that
0: conversation between me and Ken. <laughs> oh
2: my!
3: It's been a
0: while since I've listened to those, so I'll have to go back and listen.
2: I didn't read the book, so I didn't listen, but now I'm same to, to them.
0: Oh, <laughs> they're they're pretty good. I mean, I have some issues with some of the things that go on. Um, but I was going
3: to bring Naomi up as a sci-fi when we were She's talking more about sci-fi. Naomi really is a fantastic female science fiction character, and I'm not a huge fan of science fiction. I definitely lean more towards enjoying fantasy. But, and I really, I did not care for the Expanse novels, but Naomi, if you want a good female science fiction character, she's fantastic.
0: Nice. And so is, um. I always, I can never remember her name. So I call her the hot Indian grandma. She's great too. I know like, the like, actress you, you're
2: talking about and she is hot.
0: She is very hot. <laughs> and She has great. the most beautiful costumes in the show. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> oh, in the tea, I'm like, I don't know who in there were. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about now. I don't know what her name is either, but. <laughs> And I can't even believe we didn't even, Megan and I have talked about the women in The Wheel of Time since that just came out, the TV show, and the women and how I don't think there's a really a strong female character in The Wheel of Time.
0: Megan and I still need to talk about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell.
2: I know. I have to, I'm
1: I'm reading. I'm booked till March. My
2: friend is making me read this Court of Thorns and Roses, and I just can't get myself to sit down and read. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying it but I can't get myself to sit and read.
1: I'm in the same so, yeah. boat.
2: Jonathan Strange. We are going to get to it. Little Red. Next I year. Next We're going to do it. Next year.
0: So <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Craig, for loaning us a little corner of your media empire and for Horizon Brave for starting this all. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. This was fun. And Stephanie.
3: I loved being here.
0: And Panda. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye. 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 I'm so have- sorry, I- Panda. <laughs> this
3: is you have fun editing nightmare. that one. <laughs> I would just hit publish.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
3: Send it out, people. Enjoy the randomness.